So I had a roommate uh, when I was in my 20s uh, named Jill, and we would, she loved movies and musicals too, because that's why we were roommates. When she was little, her parents owned a video store, and her father would, like, record songs off of the video and make mixtapes for them. And so he had recorded Make Them Laugh from Singing in the Rain, just the audio, and put it on a mixtape. And so she had grown up singing along with just the audio version. (laughs) And why this is important is... There's that section in the middle where Donald O'Connor is playing with the the dummy mm-hmm. as he starts to play with it. And so she had learned, make him laugh, make him laugh, don't you? All the... My dad. <laughs> because that's the timing of it. And there's your story for tonight. We may not have a good but we're here. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of A Real Education, the musical. The musical. The musical. The musical. Like in, in a that was definitely our best one yet, yep. right? So great. Do you want to try again? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined by... Mike. And Vinny. And tonight... We are going to watch, oh, I am so excited. We're going to watch The Bandwagon. Knowing nothing, I'm also excited. You should be very excited. There's, um, this is ranked number 17 on AFI's list of top 100 musicals, guys. Wow. So, like, okay. it's kind of legit. I'm sure there are 16 in front of it that I probably don't know. <laughs> I think you know at least a couple of them. <laughs> Maybe. By now. I feel like... We might have seen a few of them. Oh, my God. That would have been a way to attack this, right? Do all of the 100 best musicals. Come in it, with a plan? Who does that? No. That'd be awful. That also... Yeah. I always feel like pressure whenever I'm doing those lists. Yeah. of like... Why don't I like this thing that everybody else loves? And Also, whatever. an American in Paris is always like in the top five, and I'm always like, Ugh. no, your list is suspect. That's the same. Director. <laughs> yes, Mike is very pleased Mike's with a himself dirty because Mike is a dirty cheater who looked up information about this musical because you two have never seen it. I have not. No, okay. I haven't. Mike, instead of just saying, hey, what's the movie tonight? <laughs> I just Googled, so uh, we did this one because, well, we were going to do it at some point anyway, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But um, in one of our early episodes uh, that was airing, we talked, I don't remember how it came up, but you mentioned uh, Sid Cher- a, a musical with Sid Charisse and Fred Astaire in it. And I was like, oh, we should do that. And so as soon as I heard, I think it was actually during like the Greatest Showman episode. Yeah, it was real early on. Um, I was immediately like, yes, we need to do this very soon. Um, so Wendy was like, this is what we're going to do. Um, and so that's all I really remembered about it. And then today, right before I came over here, I was like, what was that called again? Uh, I'll just Google it real quick. Fred Astaire, Centuries Musical. And the first thing that comes up is the bandwagon. And then it gives a little summary, like on the right hand side on Google. And I immediately saw the director is Vicente, uh, Minnelli. Yes. Um, who also is famous for an American in Paris. 
Yes. And a shit ton of other musicals. Yes. <laughs> yes, because he was part of the Freed Unit. He was yes. part of MGM's very famous Freed Unit, which by now, listeners, if you've listened to our entire back catalog, you will know what that is. But if you haven't, uh, the Freed Unit was responsible for the golden age of musicals at MGM, basically. If it's one of the big musicals in that time period, chances are... It came out of the Freed unit at MGM, are named for the producer, Arthur Freed. So um, we'll get into that after some of some of their big names, and we'll talk about that, because all the musicals that Minnelli did were as part of the Freed unit. So we'll get into that after. Um, any, con- like, you know who the director is, mm-hmm. you know, and we know it's Fred Astaire and Sid I now know who the director is, but yeah, all I knew was and the name of it and that Fred Astaire and Sid were in and it. And we know it's going to be... Later than the a stair we already watched the the yes. Broadway, Mel- Broadway, Broadway melody Broadway melody of 1940. 1940. Sure. So I'm guessing this is probably going to be in the 50s mm-hmm. because Sid Charisse for them to overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have to be. I just kind of assumed it was somewhere so, in there. And I think you already told us before that like he's he's going to be older. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes, um, but not the- like. Um, Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton. <laughs> no, no. Um, Maybe? We'll watch it. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out in minutes. <laughs> yes, we will. In, in mere minutes, these answers will be magically uh, appear. Mm, English. Words hard. Sp- speaky good. <laughs> you make pretty words. <laughs> so pretty. Uh, any, any concept of what it might be about? Not even a little bit. A bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I imagine that Fred Astaire will be doing... Some dancing. It's going to be dancing. Do a Sid Charisse too, yeah. And, yeah. Like, you do not put Sid Charisse in a musical and not have her legs do something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no idea as to what the, the movie itself is going to be about, no. but I know I'm going to enjoy it. So. Um, yeah, you are going to enjoy it. This is, there's a lot going on here that leads to joy. So let's go watch it and get that joy going. That is really a show, sends you out with a kind of a glow, and you say, as you go on your way, that's entertainment. No doubt, like you get in Macbeth, no ordeal, like the end of Camille, this goodbye brings a tear to the eye. The world is a stage, the stage is a world of A grand happy feeling. This is your lucky show, loaded with your favorite stars and bright new talent. Thrilled to 11 wonderful songs by Broadway's famous Howard Dietz and Arthur Schwartz. Up on the bandwagon for fun and entertainment. When there's a shine on your shoe, there's a melody in your heart. What a wonderful way to start the day. Going Louisiana hayride, get going, we all is ready. Start some Louisiana hayride, no use for calling the road. I love Louisa, Louisa loves me. When we rode on the merry-go-round, I kissed Louisa. How I wish I had a gun, a widow gun, 
it would be fun to shoot the other two and be only one. I guess I'll have to change my plan. I should have realized there'd be another man. Drunk Mario Kart, you have to finish your beer by the time you finish the track, but you can't drink and drive at the same time. So <laughs> Jimmy and Trey were talking about that. So you either have to do the whole track and then stop and drink, which means other people generally pass you, or what everybody does is they just chug a beer really quick and then go run the track. Yeah, because what could go wrong? Everybody's, everybody's on like Rainbow Road, and which is already a shit show. And so yeah, that was like five thirty the day <laughs> in the morning, the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I like the After way apple pie shots. I like the way you do Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was rough. I'm a little old for that now. Just <laughs> <laughs> last year. It's, uh, like three years ago. <laughs> you're right. You're so much older. I'm so much older and mature now, guys. Uh, <laughs> half of that is true. <laughs> so I guess we should talk about the movie. Uh, maybe. Yeah. They do not play Mario Kart in this movie. Uh, <laughs> or do apple pie they shots. Do apple pie shots. No, but they do sing a song about beer. They do sing beer. about beer. Yeah, more beer. More beer. That's all I remember of the song. That's all yeah. I remember of it, too. That and they do a part in German. They but. do a part in German. That's pretty funny. And Nanette Fabry has great faces. Yeah. Like, I, Nanette Fabry makes oh, great yeah. faces. I like her, her little, like, curtsy, like, with Ding. a little dim- chin <laughs> dimple. Yeah, she's, oh, she's a She adorable. has a very expressive face. Yeah. yeah. Well, she is a vaudevillian. She yeah. was she was a star of the vaudevillian stage by age four. Seriously, what have I been doing with my life? What is it with these people? I was going to say, it's not, if you didn't get started by like four or five, then too late. Yeah. You'll she was. Ne- give up. You'll never be a Yankee Doodle Dandy. She was baby <laughs> Nanette. Guys, she was baby Nanette. She was like tap dancing. She was baby Nanette. I fucking saw her in this movie. It was the, not the, best, okay. the best part of this movie, right? No. Not okay. Don't you diss on triplets. I love that number. I think it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I like it when they like are bouncing their little feet and their hands at the same time and pounding on the trays. I think that's hilarious. I don't know why. I do like how into it. I mean, all, all three of them. of them were kind of into it. Uh, what's his name? Jack Buchanan uh-huh. was into it. Jeffrey le- Cordova was into it less than his face. Uh, his face more said, "Why the fuck am I doing this?" But like, Actually, but like Nanette had that big, like plastered-on grin the whole time, and it's it was great. Yeah. Uh, what I noticed about um, okay, so Jack Buchanan plays Jeffrey Cordova, the auteur. What I noticed is. Um, his face when he has to sing and dance at the same time, the face goes a little blank. Yeah, yeah it definitely Which, does. Concentration. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm having to do two things at once. To be fair, you're also on set with legends. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, but when he's just dancing alone, yeah. his face lights up again. So there really, like, there is something about I have to move my mouth and my feet. <laughs> I don't have facial expression. That's one too many things. System overload. I I will say he is like you said he's pretty good in the dancing, which was surprising. Yeah. Um, 
But he suffers from the same thing as whatever his name was in Broadway Melody of 1940. Yeah. Where it's just like, you're the guy that's dancing with Fred Astaire. Yeah. Like, you're, sharing, <laughs> you're sharing the screen like, with Fred Astaire. Like, Fred sorry. Astaire, and your whole goal is for us just kind of not to notice you. Yeah, try not to fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. I will say he was, I mean, in a good way, was more noticeable than the, the guy in Broadway Melody. Like, Oh, yeah. Well, he's hilarious. Yeah. So when it he's helped. not he, dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had more, he brought more to that that part of it than the other guy. Like, like I said, I don't even remember that other guy's name from Broadway Oh, uh, I know. It's a, it's a crying shame, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember his name. Who cares? <laughs> but is, was it Fred Astaire? No, never His mind. name is Who Gives a Shit? Raspberry! Yeah, his name is not Fred Astaire. So. Yeah. Okay, so um, real quick rundown of the plot. Air quotes, as yeah. such as, as, it, such is. as it is. <laughs> um, so, Tony Hunter. Now, here's what's delightful about this movie. Is this movie, yes, it's paper thin, but it's also meta as fuck. Because to, the plot is Tony Hunter, who is a movie star famous for doing singing and dancing movies, specifically with a top hat and cane. He, he's... Uh, his career's kind of dying. He's a little too old. Nobody much cares anymore. Hasn't made a movie in three years. BT Dubs, that was Fred Astaire when they made this movie. See, three years is a long time, <laughs> and many things can happen. Oh, that was the part I was agreeing, or agreeing with. Right. So, <laughs> Tony decides to go back to Broadway to revitalize his career. And his two friends, the writing duo of Lily and Lester, who were written by... Comden and Green. Yes, by the way, this this whole show was written by Comden and Green, who of course did On the Town and uh, gosh, of course Singing in the Rain. Uh, it's always fair weather. Bells are ringing. Auntie Mame. Yeah, they were a man and woman who were a writing team, but not married to each other. So they wrote Lily and Lester to be them, except married to each other because they thought audiences would not believe a writing duo that wasn't married to each other. Oh, okay. So, um, Lily and Lester are like, Tony, we've written a Broadway show. It's sure to be a hit. It's going to be great for you. And we have gotten the hottest talent on Broadway right now, Jeffrey Cordova, who um, has directed two hits and is actually starring in a third all at the same time. He's starring in Oedipus Rex. Yeah, Oedipus. Oedipus Rex. I thought that was weird. Yes. And with the chanting and the drumming and everything, they're like, "That's a really good gag, though." When he when he comes out and it's all very serious and like, mm, and he like, comes up stage, he's like, like, "Oh, hello!" And he's like, hey, "Super kind of give me a corned beef." Yeah, it's a good gag. And then like when he takes the wig off, that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, there's a lot of really fun, just classic gags in this. Mm-hmm. So Jeffrey Cordova and of course Tony's immediate question, the relevant question. Has he ever directed a musical? (laughs) No, but everything he touches turns to gold. There's nothing he can't do. So so they meet with Jeffrey, and Jeffrey's like, just give me a quick rundown of the plot of the show you've written. Well, it's just going to be a light, light as air thing just to show off Tony, like paper-thin plot, like seriously meta, paper-thin plot that's, he's a, he, what, he writes children's books. Yeah. And, but to pay the bills, he writes trashy crime novels. So he sells his soul to the devil, so and he feels like a sellout, and yeah. it'll allow for all sorts of fun numbers we can do, blah, blah, blah. And Jeffrey Cordova's like, that's it! 
It's a modern retelling of Faust. Wait, and they're just all like, wait, <laughs> yeah. what? No, wait, what? And he's like, no, it'll be great. And so the original idea is this paper-thin, light, almost music musical review that Lester and Lily are going to be in as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, great stuff for us to do with you. It'll be fun. And yeah, it's like literally just an excuse for all of them to have fun doing numbers. Yeah, and right. doing what Tony does there's, best. Sure, there's kind of a story, but that's not the point. It doesn't matter. And Jeffrey got over, no, it's a modern retelling of house. We'll get Gabrielle Girard to do it. Uh, she's a ballet dancer? No, but she's the best. It'll be great. No, but she doesn't do shows like this. I can get her. I'm Jeffrey Cordola. <laughs> and uh, he gets the backers at a little dinner party scene. He's telling them the plot and everybody who listens in is like wait what it's really great because there's this party going on around it and he's in like this one sort of like drawing room type thing explaining the plot to everyone and everyone keeps looking for other rooms or other people and opening the door and you hear him like as soon as they open the door he's just really big and grand talking about all of the and then they like close the door and then a couple seconds later you see it's it's great It's it's a good gag that they do so many times. Yes. <laughs> and um, I never got tired of it. So it turns out that Gabrielle's boyfriend, Paul, who's a choreographer, won't let her do anything unless he says so. And uh, Paul agrees to choreograph the show, but it's going to be a big ballet thing, which, of course, has Tony, who's just a song and dance man, like, I can't do this shit. I can't dance with her. They go to watch her dance. He's like, you're right. She's amazing. I can't dance with her. Look at what we do not go together. They meet at the party. The two of them do not go together. They start squabbling immediately like, And and of course, he's like, you're too tall. I can't dance with you. And she's like, you're too old. What the hell? How do you even dance anymore? Which, by the way, was exactly true because Fred Astaire was worried that she was too tall and there was some concern about Fred Astaire was 53 years old in this movie. How is it going to look for him to dance with Sid Charisse, who was much younger? Like I said, really meta. And um, so they're putting the show together. It's clearly becoming a fiasco. And kind of a mess. They try out out of town, and all of the backers basically take their money and go. They're like, oh, no. Oh, Oh no! That whole that whole scene of like the, the opening night, the uh, the whole scene being like the three drawings that they show <laughs> and the the, the uh, chorus in mourning, <laughs> right? But the sad part is you don't get to see the fiasco show. That's right. the one. I know, like that if been I great. were to remake this, I would show you choice bits of the fiasco. The centerpiece of the movie. You get be, you get glimpses yeah. of it during some of the rehearsal of like. What? That's going to be a hot mess. Like, that's just a, a pan-fried griddle of a mess. And Tony, of course, is like, never mind. We're just going to we're gonna fix it out of town by the time we hit Broadway. Like, we're going to put it back to the show it was. And then, you, and then you get this montage of all the random numbers that they're putting back in the show, which all I can think is, are they leaving the rest of the show intact and just putting in different numbers? I fucking hope so. <laughs> like, so here's That'd Faust. Be even better, yeah. Here's Faust. I am selling my soul. I am singing a or he, song. Or he's like, or he's like, Dance or whatever. Dance fools. Fools. Dance. dance fools dance, and then they go into the hayride song. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. That would be the absolute best. And so it's a hit. And uh, and the whole conflict of is she still in love with Paul? Is she still with Paul? And then 
if Paul even showed up, well, anyway, after the opening night performance, basically, Gabriel's like, I love you. He's like, yay, good, because I love you. And everybody's happy. And they sing, that's entertainment, because the song was written for this movie. Maybe you didn't know that, because it's a really famous song. What movie did it come from? It came from this movie. It was written. Those are the actual lyrics Those for the are. song. Um, that was wild. <laughs> I was telling Vinny, I think you were in the, I think you were doing something else. Go to the bathroom. Um, pooping. <laughs> the so I don't remember whether so it was probably getting more cookies. <laughs> it, I don't remember if it was Arthur Freed or Vincent Minnelli, but somebody was like, "The song. We need another song. We need an upbeat song." Oh, I did hear you telling him this. Yeah, we yeah. need something like "There's No Business Like Show Business," something like that. Go write it. And literally, they went and wrote it in 45 minutes. Nice. Came back. We're like, "Here you go." By the way, we just wrote a classic of the theater. There. Yeah, because it's like the one from this movie that I recognized. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, Dancing in the Dark, you know the melody. I'm sure that's a... Like, the melody is everywhere. So that's the basic plot. And Such I think as it's, there is. I think it's delightfully, <laughs> delightfully just... Whatever. I don't need it's, a plot. I just need. It starts that. on a weird. The foot. whole like, movie is really weird, honestly. Like, yeah. Like, it was not what I was expecting, and it was. I like, may have oversold it, but I love the shit out of this movie. No, 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 no. I like it, but the beginning, like, it took a while to adjust to the tone of it because it's not what I was expecting from the other, like, MGM type musicals that I'm used to, and especially, like, having seen. Only the one Astaire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening, like, like the first number in it is this song that he does on this, like, street. Uh, it's like 42nd Street. It's 42nd Street. It's supposed to be the, you know, the big throughway of theater the last time he was there, and now it's just turned basically into a it's carnival. Like, which it's like I a boardwalk think, type thing. I yeah. think it was it their like sanitized version of peep shows and whores because right. that's yeah and he's just aimlessly wandered like he's standing by this thing and a person randomly puts a hot dog in his hand he goes to throw it away a child follows him and he turns around and goes oh do you want this and gives it to the child and the child follows him as he goes to these different games basically games essentially sort of. arcade, arcade yeah. amusements yeah, yeah yeah so there's like a you know like a a fun, funhouse, funhouse mirror, mirror and like yeah, yeah, yeah. a photo booth and yeah. uh yeah. And some of the, I was like, is this a chance? Because the first thing he does is like the electricity thing, and he kind of does like his little jolt. And I was like, oh, we're, this is just like an excuse for him to do like physical comedy, but it's really not. Like it just kind of like it's it's like it keeps I, trying to set it up and then never and then goes I don't anywhere. Know where it's going, yeah. and then they, he's like, oh, I'll get a shoe shine. <laughs> And so he goes and gets his shoe shine, and they do this shoe shine number. Um, it's really delightful. Yeah. Like, it's really fun, and the shoe shine guy's great, and he has these awesome, like, pinkish purple socks that are just red. Uh, I love that guy's socks because yeah. they do not match anything he's wearing oh, no. at all. When he was, he showed them off as much as he could too. Oh, his pants were like, well, like mid mid calf. Yeah, yeah, they were four inches too short on purpose. Let's show uh, the socks. But the best part of it is when he starts doing the percussion with the brushes. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I really, really, really liked that. But then the song ended, and I was like, 
what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, it, the scene actually doesn't hang together. The, it makes the, no sense. The musical, like, it's got a clunky start. All the stuff with Jeffrey in rehearsal is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then when we get to them actually putting the show together and the just sort of random montage, you're like, I don't understand how any of these songs are in the same That show. musical is, there's no way that's a hit. It's still such a hot mess. I mean, I would still love to see it live, though. I absolutely would see that. <laughs> right? It would be a fucking disaster, but it would, it would be, be great. It would be so great. It would be memorable. Yeah. So, in the last, like, the montage, uh, at the, jumping to the end of the movie, because there's no reason to go through this linearly, because <laughs> no. the whole thing just jumps around. Um I don't remember the exact order of the of the songs that they do. Um, well, I do. It's first. It's the the sun. There's the sun one. That's with the first her one amazing I yellow scarf, and she has a big sun across her and tummy. And she's got her arm. <laughs> her arm loofah. Yeah. yeah. Her arm loofah. <laughs> Enormous. <laughs> it's so. Why don't we wear shit like that anymore? Uh, yeah. Like number one, it looks amazing. Number two, scratching everybody's itch everywhere. <laughs> you, you should wear. That you found your too. calling. The thing next week I on should. Monday, on Monday night, just show up wearing so anyway. random arm loofah. <laughs> Guys, I have an arm loofah. Um, to describe the arm loofah, it's like a muff worn on one hand but made of netting. Yeah. It does look like an arm loofah, but it's, it's bright. Huge. It's huge and it's bright red, and she's in this bright yellow it's dress. Easily like two times. Everything is yellow except her except red that. loofah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, but the dudes are in yellow shirts with black, black pants, pants and black ascots. Mm-hmm. They look amazing. They look good. Like oh, Vincent Minnelli. The whole ensemble is definitely loved color, like to the point where you're a little bit like, I think you might be on drugs. Yeah. But it just. <laughs> Not it, enough. It just create like Technicolor was made for Vincent Minnelli, or Vincent Minnelli was made for Technicolor, one of the two. It doesn't matter. They go together like peanut butter and chocolate. But anyway, so, so there's that, that number. One. Do we get triplets and yeah. next? The, no, then it's Louisiana Hayride. Oh, okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like when they actually, when it shows the, like the car, like the... That's how I was trying to piece it together the too, but yeah, so then we get the Louisiana Hayride next. I and, is here. And the idea, so I, I guess... Is that they're putting these numbers into the show as they're traveling to different cities? Yeah, because like, you see they're, they're Baltimore, to, and then they're the trying number. to adjust the show uh, from what Jeffrey Cordova had made the dumpster fire. It was, and so I'm guessing. Like I got the impression these are like, oh, this is in this city. They add this song or something. I don't know. It's really weird. But that um, would that would suggest that it's still the same show. They're they're just adding these weird numbers, right? Interspersed into it somehow. So, right, which come on, which that is would amazing. Be great. Can you picture? Can you picture the Louisiana hayride like somewhere in the Faust anywhere story? in Faust? Right. Yeah. So is it, it's just those three, right? And then we get. Don't the, skip over the tri- the triplets. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, 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 I didn't. I mean, I, I mentioned it. So you do. Um, the song number, then you get Louisiana Hayride, and then you get Triplets, which we'll come back to <laughs> uh, because it's, it deserves its own conversation. Um, then you That's get fair. this uh, this scene on the train where you find out that she's sending the letter to Paul, uh-huh. and then it goes to the actual like show, right? Yeah, that's like them. They're like ten, like rehearsal ten a.m. in Baltimore, but then yeah. it like and cuts so to this is. This is crazy, and I still want to come back to triplets, but this this part is crazy because you get the, um, it's like a program, mm-hmm. so you get the cover, and then they open it up, and it shows like the first number, 
and it's the sun song, and then they do like a line or two from it, and they turn the page, and it's triplets, and they do a line or two from it, and then uh, I guess they do Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana, Louisiana Hayride, maybe a line or two. Then it goes, oh, here's this, what's it Girl called? Girl Hunt Ballet. Girl Hunt Ballet. Okay. Um, and they give you, it's just Fred Astaire and, um, and um, Sid Charisse. Or the, their characters are the two names that, that show up because it has like the cast list on them too. And then it goes to this uh, like stage that has it's like this pulp novel. Like I don't even know how to describe the. It's well, like it's, a over it, like a hanging thing that it's has. It's got a. It's got a. It's like uh, a backdrop. It's got a backdrop except it's in front of everything. So it's yes. it's a painted curtain. It's a paint. There you paint, go. It's painted a front curtain. a front piece. And it has all these yeah, uh pulp novels store, on like it. novel pulp novel covers, yeah. Um one was James like, kill me. It was like stab, stab me sweetie. Is stab me sugar. Stab me sugar. That was the one I really like. Like kill me cutie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They were great. And then and that splits open and uh, it splits right down the middle and the curtains go to the side and then out comes Fred Astaire. Michael Jackson. Yeah, in the smooth criminal outfit. Yes. Uh, and then this weird, um, pulpy, uh, what sort I'm looking for? Noir. Noir. There we go. I don't know why I could not come up with that. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, this weird pulpy noir thing plays complete out. Complete with where voiceover. He's yeah. Complete with voice. Yeah, he's doing the narration and everything. Again. There's so much of this that does not make sense as a stage show at well, all. Uh, let's point out, like, do you remember the Broadway melody in Singing in the Rain where he's like, here's how it's going to play, and that's all on film, but even then you're just like, what? Right. Right. What? No, that's not how any of this works. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that this is supposedly on stage. We've all seen Busby Berkeley musicals. That's not how staging works, right? right? Yeah. It's not the point. Yeah. So they do this whole like murder mystery thing. Uh, that Which plays is out. great. She came at me in sections. <laughs> yeah, and she does just like kind of slither up to him. Later, she comes in. So Centuries is playing two characters. Yeah, playing both the blonde and the, the brunette. blonde and the brunette. The blonde always just slot like there's this about midway through. So she disappears for a bit, then she comes back in midway through when they're having. They're in a subway. They're in a subway, and he's having this gunfight. Like there's a chase. shootout going on behind them. <laughs> That's as, amazing. As dudes are like doing gymnastics while Flipping shooting around. guns at each other and killing each other, and meanwhile, in front of that, the two of them are doing a potty de. And here, well, the best part is here comes Sid Charisse, and she just slides yeah. in like halfway like, across the stage. Yeah, and she slides so far; it's ridiculous. It's so awesome. good looking. It's yeah. so amazing. It's so amazing. And when she's but when she's the brunette, like every part of her is naughty. Like every yeah. single finger is doing something sinful. Just so like, yeah. yeah. Then they end up in a club that is basically Michael Jackson used exactly for the Smooth Criminal video. Uh, uh, and all the chorus guys are doing great stuff. They're doing great stuff. They all kind of reach to their uh, their like coat pocket for their, you know, where their gun would be. Um, but he pulls out a gun and so they all take their yeah, hand they back. They have like a great back and yeah. forth, like the whole and crowd. And then the brunette's and, there and he's he's sort of snuggled up with her and the dude's behind, like as he's distracted you see them rise into frame and he pulls out a gun and they all just yeah. sink back <laughs> out of frame. It's so great. It's and so she's great. in this 
Starts out in this coat that's covering. Like, it starts it's more like her, a giant green bag. It like. starts at her neck and goes all the way down to her ankles. Yeah, it's and just of course, covering. Wendy's like, is she gonna have a great dress under there? I bet she is. <laughs> and she just yes. snaps it open, and it's this beautiful red, sparkly dress that's like clinging to everything. It is, and then she's got on these red heels, and she's got legs that are like 14 feet long. <laughs> she's sensual. Yeah, she's just made of legs. Well, and like. it's already, like, right as I was like, God, her legs are so long, Fred Astaire just grabs one leg and pulls it all the way to the other side of the screen, and she's just, her legs are completely spread, and you're just like, how is a human being made like this? Like, it's <laughs> yes. so crazy. Oh, she's so She's amazing. wonderful in this movie. Um, so, yeah, that scene's just incredible. It's so good. Um, Michael Kidd and Vincent Minnelli together because Kidd was doing the staging, obviously. By the way, Michael Kidd's the choreographer. If you don't remember Michael Kidd, well, he was in Always Fair Weather as an actual actor. But he, was, he, he was Frank Sinatra. He was the Frank Sinatra standing. analog. <laughs> um, but, of course, famously, he choreographed Guys and Dolls. Hello, Dolly, and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. So some of the most iconic dance on film came from Michael Kidd. He's very um, dynamic, very athletic. And so he came up with the staging, but obviously because of the way it's framed, he he really knew, he really worked well with Minnelli because that whole thing is, it doesn't do you any good to stage a number well if the camera doesn't take advantage of it. And right. there, there were some just some great gags of how things were framed and staged. Uh, he, he definitely snuck some flippy boys in there too. Oh, I there's love some the, good flippy boys. There's some flippy boys. I love the flippy boys as they're shooting guns while they're flipping around, and then they're and then the and way then they, they die, die, it's so they like great. arch up. Well, there's that one like die. in the final like the smooth criminal bar room like at the end. One of them dies and lands like upside down on his shoulders. But his legs stay, like, his legs are folded, but stay in the shot for, like, <laughs> all, like as they zoom in all the way. So, like, nice. you, but you still see his feet at the bottom. Like, oh, it's just it's very athletic. It was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, so good. It's so good. And, like, that's the whole point of this movie is, like, Nanette Fabre is charming. Oscar Levant She's, is snarky. Nanette Fabre is so good in this movie. I feel like Ginny said it best at some point in... In watching it, she said Nanette was just aggressively wholesome. She is, <laughs> like, right? Because she's like, like, I mean, like, you know, she always takes, like, your focus whenever she's on the screen. But it's never, she's, like, but she's always, like, full like full smile. Yes. Just, like, so happy and, like, energetic. And She is very much sort of girl next door-y. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially contrasted against... Sid Charisse, who's just oozing sex like every time she's dancing. With her sultry eyes <laughs> yeah. and her pouty lips. Uh, uh, so Nanette Fabre, like I said, she was a vaudevillian. She was a did a ton of shit on Broadway. She was a big success on Broadway. Several Tony nominations. She went to Hollywood. This was honestly her biggest movie. She never really did much in Hollywood, but TV is where she found her niche. She did tons of the '60s game shows. She did a. She um, took over for um, Imogene Coca on uh, Sid Caesar's show. Like when Imogene Coca left, people were like, "How are you gonna like? Who's gonna take that?" And Annette Febray just went in and killed it. So she, she was an acknowledged comedian and. She did tons of, like, the sassy best friend roles. I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Harper Valley PTA. I saw it when I was a kid. It's got Barbara Eden, and it's... 
I think you guys would like it. It's sort of goofy and fun, but that's the first thing I ever saw her in. And once again, she's the sassy best friend. And I just was like, who's that? I love her. I love her so much. And she's an amazing dancer and performer. Like, big, brassy voice, too. Yeah. Yeah. Love. She's great. Love her. Is that the first time you really see her singing and dancing is in the... I mean, she sings and dances in that's entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She's just not really the focus like she is, yeah, it's a I great guess, big group in, in like the Louisiana Hayride. Louisiana is, Hayride is her big one, and I feel so bad for her. I know. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's her time to shine. Well, because she does that, and then we're circling back now. <laughs> triplets! She does triplets immediately after, which is... One of the weirdest fucking things <laughs> I've ever seen. Wendy's favorite. Um, I so love it. It's so bizarre. Before it even comes on, Wendy's already doing what you're hearing her do. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like knowing what I know about Wendy from having done this now, like the way she got excited about it, I was like, oh, we're going to see some great dancing. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, no. Not, that's, no, that's not, not what, what we got. Too, I was like, oh, this is going to be the really it's big like, There's core. either going to be great costumes well, I did, or I did like before Dancing in the Dark, which we haven't even touched on. I know. Before Dancing in the Dark, because uh, Jenny's parents arrived and blah, blah, blah. And we chat, and Mike checks his phone, and like, so we're watching I'm a movie. I'm never on my phone. I don't know why you make up lies about me. <laughs> but when, right before Dancing in the Dark, I'm like, I need you guys to actually pay attention now, because this yeah. is some shit that's about to get down. Right? So that's, and then Dancing in the Dark, which is one of the best dance sequences ever put on oh, film. Oh, for sure. Period. And so then we come to triplets. I'm like, yay, it's triplets. And they're, so they're expecting maybe something to rival right. dancing in the dark. <laughs> or, like, it's the same excitement, like, and Kiss Me Kate, when you're like, <laughs> right here, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool, we're going to see some great shit. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> we see Fred Astaire, Nanette Fabre, and Jack Buchanan dressed as three Babies sitting in high chairs, in high chairs. In high chairs. <laughs> with their knees as their feet, um, and they're singing a song about how they're triplets, and they're not really thrilled about it. They hate the other two and wish they had a little gun to murder the other two, so, so they, they were the, the only baby. last baby standing. It's fucked up. <laughs> then they get down from the chairs and start, like, dancing on their knees. Like, dance fighting, almost. Like, kicking each other. And I love it. It's a shit show, It's fucking y'all. weird. <laughs> no, it's great. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you didn't watch the movie, you should, but... Um, it's, like I said, it is still considered one of AFI's top 100, <laughs> guys. Top 100. And let's be honest, the reason why it's the top 100 is because of the Girl Hunt Ballet and Dancing and dance in the Dark. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And also, I mean, Jack Buchanan's performance as Jeffrey Cordova is aces. He's playing this real campy, like, it's almost like Vincent Price level of, like, melodrama to the way that he's speaking and everything. And it's so good. Like, he's wonderful. He's playing just this real pretentious douchebag basically that just thinks he knows he's gonna make everything into high art and he has no real clue what he's doing at all because this is not there's a great scene where they're like you can't fit all of this scenery even in the theater how are we gonna use it all he's like no 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 it's fine we'll figure it out well I love when they have so they have this like stage set it's a really pretty set oh yeah like when they first 
like do a shot of it. <laughs> would have been amazing actually, if they could get it to work. I actually and the said, dudes like, with the candle, the chandeliers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I actually said I was like, oh, that's a real pretty set, and they have this huge staircase that like spins in the middle of it, and then everything starts going to hell, and it's one of uh, it's one of my favorite moments in the movie. It's a great visual. Yeah. Is where he's like, no, no, that goes down, and the stairs start rising, and the other side starts going down. There's the a, lights, uh, just the start, lights start coming down, and then he gets tangled up in court and like the wires, and he starts getting raced up. Oh, it's great! It's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> and that's like the lead in to like opening night. Like that's like the yes. night before they're supposed to go uh-huh. live. He's like, oh, let's practice this number, and then like there's all these explosions and they're coughing. You can't even see the dancers, <laughs> and, it's, and we open tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, and Fred Astaire and um, um, Sid Charisse just start laughing. <laughs> like, that's, it's that's a moment awesome. where they kind of bond. Yeah. Which I have been in those shows. I have been in those shows where you're just like, you know what's going to happen? We're all going to just bond together, and the audience may hate it, but we're going to go out drinking after every performance. <laughs> that's what's going to happen here. Which is exactly what happens here. Which, the whole scene, so they open out of town, and it's a shit show, like we've said, and the best part is Fred Astaire wanders in on basically the cast. And I really like the honesty of this scene because that's what would happen is the chorus would all get together and the stars and producers would be off, who knows, doing what. Well, first because he tries to go to... Generally, they are two different, lo- two different worlds. Yeah. yeah, he tries to go yeah. to the actual... To to the, app, the backers like, are all like, before, before they realize how thing. horrible it is... He like, comes in in and the he's, the, party. he's the only person at this party, and he has like ten people waiting on him, and it's a lot of really good, really good gags of them just like ten I people coming to like light something. his cigarette. Yeah, but it's it, free food. It's got a ice sculpture. It's it's a fancy thing. Yeah. The only, and the unbelievable part is no, the entire cast would be there and eat all the free food. Right. And Should then have just for the go, food and then go on. Yeah. And then they'd go back. And so he comes upon them in a hotel room. <laughs> it's the whole cast just basically holding a wake for the show because it was so shitty. And he's like, can I come in? They're like, sure. He's like, you sure? Because I feel like it's kind of my fault. Yeah. And yeah. He even says, he's like, sorry for ruining it for all of you. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Come on in. Do you want a beer? So the cast is there. Everybody slowly trickles in. And then eventually, of course, Jeffrey Cordova shows up and he's like, no, it was terrible. Like I've been saying, only one person can be in charge, and Tony, I think it needs to be you because you're the only one who knows how to put this show back together. And what's fun, though, is in like the little scenes that follow, you you see Jeffrey sort of teaching him how to be a director. Tell them the call's at 10 tomorrow. Tell them right, the call. Right, yeah. Oh, and, everybody, the call's at 10 tomorrow. Good, yeah. Well, and that, that train, uh, the train scene, like right before the... Like actual production that has the in Venice. The next stop is Parma. That's all I can think. Go ahead. Uh, they there's there's a quick cutaway too, like that while he's and he's like Astaire gives like the tells them whatever, and he goes off to talk to Sid Charisse, and you see um, uh, Cordova like stop and like kind of talk with a couple of other people and still give them a few like directions. Kind of it's it's actually really cool because it's kind of like a really toned down version of what he was doing before, where you're like, oh, now he gets it. Like yeah, like the, there's a lot and there's a lot a of backstage, bit of yeah. backstage musical like movies. I always love them because like if you've ever done theater, if you then that I that peek behind the curtain is like, yep, it's a shit show back there. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's have some more. Nobody is making out in the wings, so it's totally unbelievable because right. somebody's <laughs> well, always not, not making that they out. Not that they showed on screen. Well, fair. This was 1953. 
Um, so, uh, so this movie is based on one of the most successful Broadway reviews ever. Bit by bit, putting it together. Like, considered a pinnacle of the Broadway review form. Ziegfeld was doing his follies. There was uh, uh, George White scandals. Like, there are all these. The bandwagon in 1931 nailed it. It was, um, Kaufman wrote it. Kaufman, the guy who wrote You Can't Take It With You. Who oh, wrote yeah. a Pulitzer. Kaufman wrote all, like, some of the sketches and shit. So the script was light as air, funny. It was sketches and musicals. Fred Astaire and his sister Adele were the stars. It was the last show she did before okay. she retired. It apparently had a revolving set. And revolving sets had been done on Broadway, but they were done as a scene change mechanism. But in that, they actually used it as, like, during the number that it revolved. And people were like, whoa, what the hell? It was amazing. 20 years later, they do the bandwagon. They're like, oh, we actually have to have a plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Such as it is. Comden, Green, come on in here. And so I think there's like two or three songs they use. And it's Fred Astaire again, which is kind of cool. So um, there's a little history for you. Um, yeah, we've already talked about Sid Charisse. We talked about her during have, Always Fair Weather. Yeah, we have not talked about Dancer in the Dark, though. Um, which is, I mean, this is what one of the things the movie is famous for. Mm-hmm. Um, and understandably so. Just it, it, it's this moment where he's still trying to win her over. Um, well, the lead-in is great. The two of them have been bickering. Yes, and they finally come to a point of like, can well, can we even work together? You're a ballet dancer. I am a song and dance man. Can we even dance together? Well, so he's going. To, oh, go ahead. Well, it, it follows pretty closely on him, like. Finally, like having had enough, and like giving everyone. Oh, when he a goes off, da- that's a really good too. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they're staging this ballet. He's supposed to catch her. He's fifty-three. He's supposed to catch her, and so then they're like, "Well, what if we just take you out of the number, and you can just watch from up there?" And then yeah, blah blah blah, and like, and he explodes. Yes. And that's where you find out that literally all of his numbers are being slowly cut. It's turning into this huge ballet thing. Like, why is he even in the show? And he just goes off. Yeah, let's everyone have it. And then storms out. Which is great. Yeah. And so he has this moment where he's going to take... He tries to take Sid Charisse, like, out to dinner. And she's like, oh, I'm not dressed for that or whatever. Or either, like, going to, like, a club or something. Like, to go ball, to yeah. go ballroom dancing. To go out to a club dancing. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And so she's like, no, I'm not dressed for that. And so he pulls her into this uh, car- like horse-drawn carriage. And they, as they're going, they're kind of talking. They're like, it's actually a really sweet moment where they're like, hey, look, there's grass. And there's the sky. And, yeah. like, here's all of this shit that we just have not looked at because we've been trapped in our own little bubble of this. Well, like, all these people out here, stuff. like, and yeah, don't give all a shit people. about what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah, he's like, here's all these people who just don't care if there's this number or that number in our show. Um, and so there's a really good fake out to it. So they, they get off the carriage and they start walking through this park. And there's a really good fake out because there's this like uh, gazebo um, with a band playing in it. And around that is some people like kind of slow dancing together. And you see the two of them kind of, gl- they're also walking in step with each other mm-hmm. the whole yeah. time, which immediately makes you like, they're about to dance. They're about to dance. <laughs> oh. And then they just walk right through all the dancing couples 
And then they go off and they have this huge, beautiful open space where they Quick do. aside, one thing I could not help but notice in that scene when like when they're just gliding through all of the dancing couples, it's a slow song and all the couples are dancing at relatively the same speed. There's like one couple. And there's just, one like right at the end that just comes like, yes. like whirling in <laughs> like three times faster than anyone else. And they're just like spin into the shot in the background too. and then spin out. And like that's all you ever see of them. It's pretty good. It was just hilarious to me. Um, so then they come in and they do this just beautiful dance number. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Not even know even how to Not even singing first. It's just pure yeah, dance. Yeah, like right into yeah. it. Yeah. And they both, like, especially having seen, you asked us afterward, uh, well, during the, the, um, Girl Hunt Ballet, mm-hmm. if we prefer Astaire and, and Charisse or Gene Kelly and Charisse, who we saw in, um, It's Always Fair Weather. Um, and honestly, she and Astaire just go together so well. And I think that's who I prefer because Astaire, he just glides to begin with. Mm-hmm. And you put him with this ballet dancer who also just kind of like, like she just floats everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the two of them together are just, they're just wonderful. And we get some of the stuff we talked, like we talked about in the Broadway Melody, um, which Wendy pointed out this time too, of... A stare wanting the camera to kind of like float back and forth with them. And it creates, again, the same really, really cool effect of it. Just kind of like, it it feels more like a dream than anything else. And it's... it's well, and, and to make sure that it was like full body. Like you get to yes. see the whole... Full body, unbroken takes. The yeah. camera follows the movement to where the camera is almost dancing with it. And it's very lyrical and light. As, yes. as they move, the camera moves to follow them. It's... Ah. It's just beautiful. And they're both in these very light clothes, and her dress is so fluttery. The whole thing is magical. Well, like, and like, you, the, I, I just love the, the first tracking shot you get of that. Like, once they have actually started dancing, it's, you know, f- like full head to toe, but then, it, like, as they move further away, like, it follows them, but doesn't zoom in. Mm-hmm. So, like, really sets, like, the actual, like, the depth of the, the location. Depth of the, like, of everything. Yeah, it was just, it was it's, a great, like, set up for it all. Right. And I don't think you get a like an actual cut until they kind of go over to the bench for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then they do a thing over there and then they come back out and it's another just like real long. It's, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then they just step up into the carriage, light as air. Yeah. Yeah. And drive away. And it's again, it's one of those things that's so good that you can't do in it's one of the reasons that musicals are so great. Um is because like well, they're both into each other now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the were, whole, like, no words. That has resolved all of their problems. It really, the whole dance is the awkwardness at the beginning and getting to know you mm-hmm. and can, like, let's get in getting sync with each other. You. And then, oh, my God, you're sort of amazing. And I was then, thinking it. Like, it's, it's the entire, like, it's falling in love. Yeah. In dance form. And yeah. it's just beautiful. It is so great. <sighs> I would I would have to agree that I mean I think based on what I've seen of Astaire and Cherise versus Gene Kelly and Cherie like the chemistry that they have in this is particularly in that number but throughout this movie like I, I would say that they are the better. Well, we haven't watched Brigadoon yet. We haven't. You're right. Have you seen um, Brigadoon? I have seen Brigadoon. I have not. Okay, Brigadoon like. 
Of course, Gene Kelly and Sid Charisse in the Broadway melody sequence, the Dream Ballet sequence from Singing in the Rain, of course, but Brigadoon is where they were romantically paired together. As I just, I just, Asteri, I just like his, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I love Gene Kelly. Well, it's completely different style of dance. It is, and I just love watching the way that he just floats everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think I said it before, but Sid Charisse famously reported that her husband always knew who she was dancing with. Yeah. When she would come home from rehearsing with Gene Kelly, she'd be covered with bruises. Because <laughs> he beat her. <laughs> Gene <laughs> Kelly was a Get your monster, steps right. you guys. <laughs> Me too, hashtag. Oh, too soon. Um, didn't, I'm not making light of that. But um, in all seriousness, Gene Kelly was so physical and athletic and would yeah. manhandle her so forcefully and lifting and her and grabbing her. Built. Like and he was so strong and he would lift her and grab her. (laughs) Whereas when she would dance with Fred Astaire, like it's light as air. Yeah, it's ballroom dancing. He's he's also a tiny little waif of a man too. (laughs) Except when you watch and you know, like when he lifts her around and she comes down and she does the sort of backbend thing, and she's got one toe on the ground and the other foot is reaching out. That is her entire weight that he is supporting on one arm while she's bending. And it looks like nothing, and yet I'm just like, damn, son. There's several times in this movie where he does... He specifically does things, um, like during the the shoeshine number. He's on the ground, and he just, using his, like, just his leg, does this, like... Weird. He's kind of holding on to the chair, and then he uses his leg like to pull himself up in this really weird, but yeah, it's like totally bit, almost uncomfortable-looking way. One leg like almost flat to the ground. Yes, but like and not actually touching the ground with anything except the foot that's planted before then immediately lifting himself. And it's cr- just like watching that Man, going like the amount yeah. of leg, like the amount of strength it takes in your leg to be able to do that is crazy. Well, and then he does those deep plies as mm-hmm. he's partnering. Yeah. Charisse and her legs going out like to three other counties, right? Like, well, it's same, sending a postcard. Yeah. <laughs> same, same for her when when she's first introduced in the ballet number. I mean, just all of her leg work, of which she has all I'm of the legs. So fascinating because what's interesting about that ballet number is it's ballet, and Sid Charisse was a dancer with the Ballet Russe, a very famous ballet company. Like she was a legit dancer before she ended up in movies. Um, but I can tell it was ballet staged by a jazz dancer because there's just certain lines jazz. are a little different. And the way her hips move, it's not classical ballet mm-hmm. that I, I still enjoy it very much. But I'm like, that is staged by Michael Kidd. That is right. not staged by like Balanchine or some ballet choreographer. And I kind of love it because she does, she moves her hips offline a little bit as she moves. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool looking. Yay! Um, I'm certainly not an expert to have noticed all of that but I I liked what I saw (laughs) Um, it's kind of a crying shame because Sid Charisse actually missed the golden age by this much because she really only did um, like uh, Sing It in the Rain this Silk Stockings I'm trying to think what else I've got it written down here Ziegfeld Follies Um, no she's not in the Ziegfeld Follies I don't have it written down I but we I, seriously need to watch Ziegfeld Follies because everybody's okay, fucking so I just, that's why I thought Which she was I own it, it by I the just, way, I picked it up at Half Price Books. I just, because uh, I was looking to see what else, I was like, I know there's something other big that I know her from, Sid from, and it was Brigadoon, 
but I swear on IMDb I saw okay, it might that because I clicked through and then I saw that it was like Judy Garland and Lucille Ball and like all these. Uh-huh. I was like, holy fuck, when are we going to watch this? <laughs> I have it on DVD. But so when you look at it, like by the time she arrived, Fred Astaire had been doing movies for a couple of decades. Gene Kelly He's had been doing movies for... 20, 22 years older than her, I yeah. think. And she arrived basically at the peak because kind of singing in the rain was kind of the peak moment and everything after that kind of starts to fall right. off. Which is the year before this. Yeah, yeah. and... Like, when you look at the musicals, none of them are as good as Singing in the Rain. None of them are hits in the same way. Brigadoon, except for Brigadoon, you could argue Brigadoon, like, comes all together in one whole package. And it's such a shame. She's such an amazing dancer. That said, yeah. not her own singing. I don't know if you realize, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about that. It seemed like it was probably... Nope. Yeah. Like she didn't even have, like, one person who always dubbed her. <laughs> different, different person for different movies. Yeah, well, um, she more than makes up for it, I would say. Um, I forgot what I was, I was going to say something. It doesn't matter. Okay, so the discovery for me, guys, was Oscar Levant, who plays uh, Lester, the, the part <laughs> of the writing duo. Yeah. Here's why he was a discovery. I, I just kept reading. I was fascinated by this. He was a classical pianist, trained. He... Event, he like dropped out of school and started, he ended up in down in Broadway. He got attracted to the Broadway nightlife. He became this huge bon vivant, like, like everybody invited him to parties. He was so witty, so snarky. Mm-hmm. And he would play in the Broadway pits and he would play at nightclubs, right? So amazing, amazing um, pianist. Also composer. He composed his own like classical music. He's like brilliant. Brilliant musician. Uh-huh. He was part of the Algonquin Roundtable with Dorothy Parker. Like, he total bon vivant. He ends up pals with Gershwin. Gershwin considered him the... Like, once Gershwin died, it was Oscar Levant who was considered the sole, the best interpreter of Gershwin's music. Like, at the time, he was the highest paid... Uh, what's the word? Um, concert performer. Like, when he would give a concert, he would make more money than anybody else. Everybody was like, Oscar Levant, that dude. And so here's this amazing composer, pal of Gershwin. Like, he did the Rhapsody in Blue better than, like, Gershwin was like, I think you might actually do it better than me. And, And then he ends up in movies? What? And he's really funny, except apparently he was an asshole. Apparently he's a big old dickhead. (laughs) He has Nanette Fabre, like... What was what was reported was whenever I wish this was the day like the days now where you where like everybody has a A person docu no just uh like every movie now has well like bigger movies have somebody documenting it oh yeah fucking wish that had happened oh my god be amazing how great would it be to see you should actually finish saying what you're oh no just um (laughs) apparently he was the kind of guy that if he made a mistake he'd blame it on whoever was around him. And so Nanette Cabray, who did most of the scenes with him. Who's with him in every like he shot. Kept yeah. Playing his wife. Yelling yeah. at her until finally she snapped. And in Good. most unladylike language, that's what it said, in very unladylike language, she told him off. And the whole cast and crew was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. About time. But apparently poor Oscar Levant, like he had severe anxiety, mental health issues that led him into addiction. And eventually he ended up. 
Like, that's what he died of. Mm. Like, mm. he ended up with horrible stage fright. His wit turned in on him, and he would... It became very ugly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was sort of the beginning that's of the sad. end. Yeah, but he's, he's oh, so... God, I would love to see her go off. <laughs> yeah. Right? Can you imagine that big, sunny that, face just being like, you got to fucking step off, Because son. you know it just turned. Yeah. Like, because yeah. she's so sweet and just smiling the whole time. to piss her off. Yeah. And then you know, just like the moment she's she, had too much, it just like... Give her a whittle gun. shroud on her face. And she will just pop a cap in your ass. <laughs> I want a baby song where they sing pop a cap. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love that I psyched you guys out. Oh, it's going to be good. No. It's this just so the, weird. I love it. This is the last episode of this podcast, you guys. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like if we could make it through the the first Newsies, then... By the way, everybody on, like, all of my BT friends Dubs. on Facebook and Twitter have been like, you are wrong. The original is great. <laughs> the music, the stage production is okay, I guess. And I'm like, okay... You have not watched that as an adult. How does it feel to have managed to clean up your Facebook and Twitter so much? Got rid of everyone. <laughs> don't need you. Just don't need gotten you. Gotten rid of all these people. <laughs> swipe, um, swipe. Yeah, so many people have said that. I'm just like, what is? And they, 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 I saw that they were like the stage version is terrible. I'm like, I'm sorry. Do do you? What not is your like, criteria? I, I also don't like having characters that I can identify <laughs> with in any way that aren't Brilliant just choreography, dances that actually satisfy me. Char- yeah, relatable characters. There's nobody that I want to chuck off of a fucking building. Nobody's um, mouth-breathing. A, a woman, a, a female character who actually does something. Oh, yeah. Um, instead of just sitting there being like, gosh, she's pretty. Oh, God. But, I mean, crutchy, though. But crutchy though, <laughs> and crutchy's so charming. Like I rewatched and, it, and and also like this is gonna be like back- three months after you guys. <laughs> the have, backdrop, after. by the way, the, our first Newsies episode dropped this week, so that's so that's where this is all coming from. I rewatched that the day that it dropped, and everybody was talking shit about the stage one. I like immediately went home and rewatched the stage one, and it's still amazing. Oh, the backdrop and with the, all the so all the digital right projections is it's so, so amazing. There's nothing. Okay, there is nothing. In Sorry, we're getting off on a newsies tangent. Etc. 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 But there's nothing in the Disney the the film version of Newsies that is anywhere as good as the first time when they're singing carrying the banner and all three of those big yeah. uh, those big sets like come out and they're like how do you even how do you even compare when they're all like dancing and they're holding up the newspaper and then they just leap. And sing at this, and they're just boys. leap, turn, turn, stand, leap, turn, turn, and I'm just, and they do it like five times. I'm just like, I don't know how that's physically possible, but I love that it is. Do it some <laughs> more, you know, you flippy boys. I will never not sing along with you, flippy boys. Um, then, but, okay. Anyway, but back to the bandwagon. And all that jet. The bandwagon was a flop. There's flippy boys in this. There are. <laughs> they do it like Michael Kidd. Michael Kidd loved him. Can you imagine Michael Kidd choreographing newsies? <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so good. Like picture guys and dolls with flippy boys. Like more of them. Oh, I can't wait till we do guys and dolls. Too. Oh, I know. Because there's some really good flippy boys in that. Yeah, and guys I love and dolls. that. Um, yeah, I mean the. I just love the, all the flipping and the acrobatics of the the girl. What's I don't remember what it's called. The ballet. The, the, the girl the whole hunt ballet. In, girl, girl hunt ballet. ballet. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a weird name, by yeah. the way. But yeah. That's why, I mean, I can remember it. Yeah. It does not work. A murder mystery in jazz. <laughs> That's right. I, uh, yeah. A murder I would love to see them. I would love to see anyone attempt that on a stage. But oh, right. Just the whole, the whole, I mean, what, what I thought was, what, well, what's great is that all of that is supposed to be on a single stage. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just like, guys, back to the Broadway melody. Do you remember the big, like, ballet scene yeah. thing in that? Like, and then we go into it. It's like, like when you do Esther Williams movies where <sighs> apparently there's a pool on stage and what? Or like when he's like, yeah, he's like going on his, you know, he's like going on his detective, like up the staircase that's like seven flights of stairs like, into nowhere. But then suddenly it's just like, oh, there's a room. There's a room. Like how? With a giant bathtub. Scene, yeah. scene change. Now I'm in the room. The, scene change. The whole thing. Was, was, yeah, I was just the, the 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 guys that are fighting in the background of uh-huh. that are amazing, and I love. I just love like it. Also reminded me because the, their suits are basically just like an inverse of the ensemble from the Sun mm-hmm. song, where mm-hmm. they're like it's black suits with yellow dress shirts underneath. Or different colors, like they're in black suits and ties, and. There are several different colors. At yeah, least there's in like a green one and like a, a well, I just, yeah, orange. I just know like the yeah. subway, like the yeah, that one. subway. They're they're all wearing yellow, but yeah, once you get into the bar, they're all wearing different. But um, yeah, I just I just love like the like the pratfall like uh, acrobatics of all of that. Like I mean, you can't least, really figure out which who like who to pay attention to, right? At least if Michael Jackson was going to rip people off, which by the way he totally did. Oh, he rips off from the best because he ripped off, of course, Fred Astaire and Michael Kidd. And uh, by the way, also Alex Romero, who was an assistant um, assistant choreographer, who of course also worked on On the Town, Showboat, Kiss Me Kate, Seven Brides for Brother, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. He was also a dance effects supervisor on Xanadu. Yes. Um, so if he's gonna rip off, he rips off, off that, and of course most of his iconic moves he ripped off from Bob Fosse. Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. Which, when we watch uh, The Little Prince, which we will eventually, then, like, that's going to become clear as day. You're going to watch Bob Fosse and go, like, I feel like I'm watching a Michael Jackson video. That is exactly what is happening right now. So, anyway. The- I can see that, just thinking about all, like, oh, especially, yeah. like, the up on the toes, like. And the yeah. hand and yeah, the yeah, wrist yeah, yeah. and the pelvic. It, like, it really is just, like, seriously, these are all just the Billie Jean moves. Yeah. I just. Everybody's like, Michael Jackson was an amazing dancer. And I'm like, Michael Jackson ripped people off. Like, don't get me wrong, he did it well. And he was a good dancer, but he wasn't, like, doing it on his own. Yeah, it wasn't original. Right. Yeah. He did, I mean, he he put it all together in a great package. and he. But he also had help, let's be clear. Um, so, the bandwagon <laughs> was a flop. It did not make its own money back. And then, of course, now it's on the AFI Top 100 list of musicals. Right. Uh, do we kind of think that maybe it's hard to fill in a hundred musicals for AFI? <laughs> it must be. Maybe, but also like, but number I don't 17, mind though. Like, I don't mind this being on the list. I that, don't. Yeah, that is I don't pretty, either. That is pretty high on the list. Also, I mean, it does have like Dancer in the Dark, and uh-huh. so like I, it, maybe well, like, it's, that's entertainment. That, like that's also that's one of the things I know, especially in. Um, any of the AFI stuff, they always are looking for, like, what's the iconic thing that's... So even if they're everything, which it's not, by the way, in this movie, but if everything around that scene is garbage, people are still going to be like, we should watch it because it has, like, this thing in it. And, I mean, the other stuff is still delightful. Yes, exactly. 
Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense. But like, that's not really the point of the movie. <laughs> it does make sense, though. It's somebody trying to do a musical who should not be put in charge of a musical. Right. No, it's Faust. <laughs> Yes. Dance, yes. fools, um, dance. The, thing, uh, uh, the one thing that I... So I spent a few minutes, well, like half an hour after uh, Dancer in the Dark trying to remember what this visually reminded me of. And there's a really famous SNL sketch uh, uh, from the like very early days of um, Steve Martin and Gilda Radner doing a parody of this. And it's... I like want to stop the podcast and watch it right now because it's. I just remember it being so ridiculous and just them. I mean, it's two amazingly hilarious people just fucking around. Basically, well, it's, it's funny because until you said that, like when you finally when you finally realized what it was, like I hadn't thought about that, but I've definitely seen it and I was like, well, yeah, great. no shit, it's like it's clearly yeah, but yeah, it's I never an iconic made the moment. Somebody's gonna make fun of it, yeah. right? So um, they tried to turn this into a stage version again. <laughs> Okay, like you do. It's ill-advised. Uh, it was. Yeah. Um, 90 minutes of triplets. Raspberry! But it was um, in 2008. They oh, wow. Out in San Diego. It never made it to Broadway. Like, wow, in 2008? Yeah. In 2008, they tried to do a stage version of this movie. Um, and... Here's too, what that's I, too soon. Here, it didn't go over well. <laughs> I guess you got to appreciate the... It needed, let's put it this way, it needed a lot of out-of-town tryouts to work it out, and it didn't get that. Um, they and, didn't take a little tour around by train and, like, drop in new songs? Like, some of the, some. I think I was reading some of the critiques. It was like, it's not awful. There's things to like about it, but whew, it needs a lot of work. But here's why I specifically bring it up. Do you know who was playing Tony Hunter, the Fred Astaire role? Scott Bakula. Now oh you want to see it. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. Like now, I desperately want somebody to have taken footage. That sounds amazing. Can wow. you picture him doing Dancer in the Dark? No. <sighs> that sounds like a disaster, <laughs> honestly. Scott Bakula started on. He was a Broadway star really? first. Yeah. Oh, I did not know I that. I did not know that either. I just don't <laughs> oh. know Quantum Leap. Well, I yeah. mean, well, in Quantum Leap, when like he does the Man of La Mancha episode, that's him. He's singing and dancing. Like, I don't remember that. He can you know how sing. long it's been since I've seen him. No, I mean, he was, he was yeah, a when Broadway did, when star. When did Quantum Leap air? Those... Guys, anytime anybody ever ended up on Broadway, I know about it. Just right. like, magically well, comes I to me. I believe you, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I was assuming, yeah, Quantum Leap, Scott Beckett, like, that would have been a sight to see. Also, he's, how old would he have been? Well, point? Tony Hunter is supposed to be older. <laughs> but I doubt that he dances as good as Fred is there. That's kind of what I was like, thinking. It's like, yeah, so he started out there. Does he still dance regularly? Like, it's not something you just Scott go Bakula like, oh, I haven't have done, done this in 30 years. Let me pick it back up real quick. Scott Bakula may have done the triplets number. <laughs> <laughs> was he all three triplets, though? Uh, just looping back on himself? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a nice joke. That was good. That was good. Um, so, guys, that was uh, that was the bandwagon. Dare I ask favorite number? Well, I feel like we didn't even talk about the, the first That's Entertainment. Just because, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about, but I did like all of the, just the visual gags. Like, a, Oh, yeah, it's a vaudeville number. Because it's, I mean, but again, that was another one where it's like, after that what they'd shown so far. starts with him falling off with, um, yeah, um, Cordova, like, falling, Cordova off, the falling back of off of the back of this. A stage actor who's very, like, 
serious about it. Immediately well, he's falls starring off. as Oedipus Rex. Falls off the back of the stage, and that's how the number starts. And then they're chasing each other around like the props. And, for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny to me. that It was like another one yeah, like in the sequence of events in the movie. We're like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just like it's not going anywhere, and it's just like bouncing back and forth between these crazy numbers. Um yeah, the uh, the other thing I, I just wanted to mention that I thought was hilarious was the the part when they are like right before they actually show it and they're doing the the final number, the dance fool's dance, and there's like it seemed it to me, I mean in the in the shot or in you know in the actual uh, show, like there's just like explosions going off like all around them as they're dancing to the point where they're just like laughing about it. Uh, but to me, it just seemed like a little kid was just like throwing like firecrackers at them. Um, I could, you know, and then, uh, what's his name? Cordova is like, was that too much? And everyone's like, yeah, no shit, dude. Like, well, the one guy, it's time to get the it one together. guy's line read. And when he, he turned around, he's like, was that a bit much? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real bitchy. Yeah. Um, I also like when Cordova is testing out. They do like the oh, montage yeah. of them of them getting the the play together and or the musical together and everything. And he's testing out the explosions and it's these little ones and he's like, "No, bigger. What is this?" And then uh, they have a huge just like puff of smoke and it's him covered in like soot and everything. He's like, "Ha!" His it's whole like, face is like. He's it's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's blasted. exactly what I want." It's he's gr- got soot. He's like singed. It's great. Uh, a lot of good visual guys. Yeah. As far as favorite numbers go, I mean, it has to be Dancer in the Dark, right? Like, it's... Uh, but I really love the the last one, the um, Girl Hunt Ballet, too, just because all the flippy boys. <laughs> the flippy boys and the visual gags, and she comes sliding in. And, and it has the... With the fake arm and oh the fake arm oh yeah we had to back you up know, and make sure I was we looking saw at my that. phone and they were like hold on Mike didn't see that so they which I never do while we're watching a movie and never look at my phone yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and so they backed it up and yeah the fake arm thing's really great maybe that's my favorite I don't know it's really hard because they're both so good dancer in the dark like it's obvious why that's the iconic piece from this. What do y'all? What do y'all think? <laughs> I mean, I'm in kind of the same place. Like, it, it feels like too easy to say "Dancer in the Dark" because dancing in the I mean, dark. We know is not what Wendy says. It's dancing in the dark. Dancer in the dark is a really uncomfortable yeah. movie oh, sorry. starring dancing dark. in the dark. Yeah, dancer in the dark is not one we will. No, <laughs> we need to cover. No. Um, yeah. Once I mean, in my life is enough. Yeah. If y'all ever make me watch Tommy, I'm gonna bring that for the next <laughs> week. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, and I love I love seeing, like... I loved when it started, y'all were like, holy shit, it's like Smooth Criminal. I'm like, yes. Yeah. You're like, and you don't even realize how much it's like that yeah. yet. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's as soon as, like, the backdrop... He comes of, out in that, like, cream suit with the I mean, the suit, shirt. Like, I mean, in the in Smooth Criminal, it's like a white suit. I mean, the suit's a slightly different color, but, I mean, it's like... And blue he doesn't have undersh- the armband. Yeah, he doesn't have the armband, <laughs> but, I mean, it's like the hat's the same, the blue undershirt, the white tie, like, the shirt, like, collar pants, collar stays... Like, the socks and shoes. Like, everything except the base color of the suit itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, like, everything about the, the bar scene and, like, there's lines in that in, in it where, where he's, like, talking about, like, you know, she's bad, she's dangerous, which he clearly put into 
Dirty Diana and like other music, and then there's like bad, you know, like the part of the subway she came scene. To up to me in pieces or whatever. She, yeah. she came at me in sections. In sections. Uh, apparently, I was reading he used that in a Michael Jackson used that in one, another song, like a couple albums it's later. Yeah. Such a good line. It is a really good line. First this part, then that part, and then that part finally showed up. Yeah. And damn. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it would be a tie. I mean, Dancing in the Dark and. The whole girl hunt ballet, like they're just so they're both good. great for like completely different reasons. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you guys like those. Yeah, mine's gonna be triplets. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, no shit. Um, if you, it's so if, for, weird. If, uh, if it wasn't those two, it would be triplets. the Louisiana Hayride. Oh. <laughs> really? That was so bizarre to me. Like that's one that so, I was like, what? I love and it. She's all like, so, it's so weird, but like, there's some great shoulder action in that. There is. Nanette's great in it. She's so good. And, like, I don't know. It's just, it's such a weird, out of place moment I, in the movie. You know what? Movie. I need to ask a question. Are we sure there's hay that grows in Louisiana? How would you have a hay ride in Louisiana? It's a swamp. Don't know. I'm certainly not the I'm expert. Not a, I yeah, do I'm not like, know. I'm not an expert. Like, on I don't, I, I'm not hating on Louisiana, but from what I've they seen, were. granted, which is not a whole lot. Like it's, it's like, like it's just a fucking shithole. That's what Wendy just said. <laughs> that is not what That's I said. What but let's like the word whole for word. the yeah. whole visual style of that and the way it was written with the lyrics seemed a lot more like West Virginia. Yeah, where they were like Louisiana. calling out like, calling Midwest, the women like by Kansas like, by, like lemon verbena, and then she, someone jumps in saying, "I is here." <laughs> like I don't the whole know. thing, it seemed like they were. They were just talking shit themselves. I mean, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird number, but I was still just like, this is so... And you like that one dude with the long, like, scarf. There's the one guy who was like, really excited great... to be in, in that Louisiana hayride. <laughs> yeah, he was very... I, it was strange. It's always good to watch the chorus people. That yes. one person back there just going for it. Oh, also, we did not talk about Sid Sh- I mean, we I, we did in our last episode that her dresses... Her dresses. And every, everything. Oh, that dark green one that... The first, sh- like, that first really the green, green one. gloves, the whole... Yeah, the, yeah with the dark green with all the sparkles, with sparkles and the lace back. And then she has, like, green shoes and like these slightly different like these brighter green gloves with that, that nice cuff yeah oh so she, I mean blah. whoever like the costumer on this had to have been in heaven because she's such a gorgeous person it's like well and then like her like, simple just being white able to be frock. like I'm going to just work with this and that this. one white frock with the green belt that mm-hmm. looks so sharp with her white purse with the green handkerchief just casually fluttering out of it, yeah. like just to match, just to be matchy-matchy. Um, the white dress she wears for Dancing in the Dark with that lovely sort of fold mm-hmm. and drapery on it. It's mm, so delicious. Uh, and then, of course, the red dress, the yellow dress, the red dress. Like, hi, let's put her in all the primary colors. The Jessica Rabbit dress, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. And- but Nanette also has some good dresses. Oh, yeah. Hers largely get overshadowed because of how when she's in the same frame as But she's got that blue one but, at the end. Yeah. She's she got has the blue one. one in the end. She has that like purple one with the black like trim and yeah. stuff on it that's really nice. 
I gotta say, I love the fact that you guys notice clothes too. Because like, when when she walked out in that green dress, Mike was in the kitchen, and Vinny and I were like, "Okay, we're gonna need to back up because yeah, yeah, Mike needs like, to see." You need to come that. back in here. I think I was getting tamales, and y'all were like, "Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, but those were some tamales. Those were like some legit tamales. Mm, was that green uh, Jenny's sauce mom was... came into town and brought brought us tamales. Oh, that great. green sauce is tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was good stuff. So um, yeah, you. Guys, that was the bandwagon. The bandwagon. If you can get this movie, I mean, we we, we got it from the library. Um, but most importantly, uh, and I'm sure Mike will back me up here, the triplets number is on YouTube. <laughs> you can find yes. it and watch you it to your heart's content. You can go fuck yourself. Is what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up while we were talking just to make sure it is easily available on YouTube. That's going to be the the week this episode comes out, Wendy's just going to fucking tweet that from our (laughs) our account every day. Tweet, 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 (laughs) tweet. I'm going to tweet it three times a day because triplet. Oh, God damn it. Yes. Delicious. All right. So uh, this has been Real Education the Musical. Let's see. What do they need to Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Talk the... to us. Tell us your opinions about your shitty love for the bad Newsies movie. Uh, <laughs> tell us how much you love triplets. Uh, you can also tell us your bad opinions about triplets. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what movies what you'd like us to cover. Oh yeah, we're totally um, taking suggestions. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's there are many out there that we've yet to think of putting on our list so and i mean if you like what we're doing please tell people yeah, yeah. tell your friends yeah tell I mean. jeremy jordan <laughs> so, he's been told it's jeremy. hopefully by this time that will have been oh my gosh <laughs> i'm having a flutter um so uh i have been one of your hosts wendy i've Jer- been mike <laughs> i've been Vinny. We've been here. Like, that was all awkward. <laughs> Do we want to take a second and run at that? Nope. Uh, I can no, edit that we'll out. No, we're good. Fine. <laughs> they know, they know we're, who we are and how we do things. <laughs> and this has been Real Education. The, the Musical. Jazz Handia. Jazz Hands. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a real education.